0: The Graveyard Riddle, chapter 37. Thanks. Seven. I know we're getting closer. We walked to Whirly Tower in silence for most of the way. Every now and then, Jake and Matthew asked if I was okay, and I just nodded. They were trying to process everything that had happened and all of the lies that Hal had told me. The riddles, Martin Stone, the broken communication device, M18, Special Agent Hal Vincent. It all felt so overwhelming. None of it was true. None of it? Whirly Tower was a gray brick building with seven floors. I'd walked past it several times, and it wasn't far from the library, the town library, but I'd never realized it had a name. We stood by the glass entrance and looked up. Now what do we do, said Matthew. Yeah, we just can't knock on every door, said Jake. There must be a hundred flats in here. Hold on, I said. When you emptied Hal's rucksack, there was an envelope on it, and I thought that It was for M18 office, but it must be his home address. Brilliant. Can you remember what it said, said Matthew? Fortunately, I was good at memorizing things, and I had had a lot of practice with recent riddles. Yep, it said 408 Worley Tower, I said. That must be the number of his flat. Okay, said Jake. Let's go then. We pushed open the double doors and went in. The lift was out of order, so we went through another door to the stairs the stairwell was freezing cold even if it was warm outside there was a strong smell of coffee in the air our footsteps echoed around the brick wall and eventually we came to a set of doors with a sign above them that all said floor four 408 must be along here somewhere i said i pushed open the doors and we walked along the corridor until we came to number 408 the door was brown i felt strange Hal had lied to me Did he, did I really want to see him again? I'm not sure about this, I said. I looked at Matthew and Jake. My heart was pounding. Facing Hal could make things worse. He might start laughing at me and I didn't, I don't think I could cope with that. Melody Bird, what a fool. Let's see if anyone else is there, said Jake. Before I had a chance to object, he stepped towards and banged on the door with his fist. His knuckles hit against the wood and the door creaked. At least her friends are sticking up for her now, huh? And he began to creak open. It hadn't been shut properly. Jake looked at me and Matthew, and then pushed it open further with his foot. We peered inside. The door opened into a small square hallway. The carpet was gray, and the walls were covered with brown striped wallpaper. There was a small table on one side, and nothing on it. The carpet was a pile of. On the carpet was a pile of mail. Hello, is anyone there? Jake shouted. He went in. Jake, I said through clenched teeth, "What are you doing?" I'm seeing if anyone's home. That's the point of us being here, isn't it? he said. Matthew followed. I hesitated for a moment and then I went in too. I picked up the mail and he looked and looked to see who was, to see who it was addressed to H Vincent, Miss H Vincent, Helen Vincent, then they all seemed to be for one be for one person. I put the mail on the table. On the left was a door that was shut. We walked ahead into a living room. There's no TV, Jake's Look at Jake, said Jake looking around. Who doesn't have a TV in their living room? It's so empty. The room was very bare. There was just a dark brown sofa, a wooden chair, and a single cream-colored cushion on the seat, and the electric fireplace. There were no ornaments or photographs or pictures or books. The windowsill was a- on the windowsill was a pair of binoculars. Matthew went to the window. He turned to us and A shocked look on his face. Come and see this, he said. Jake went over to the window and looked down on the high, busy street. I watched the tops of people's heads and went in and out of shops. Four people stood waiting by a bus stop. Good view, said Jake. No, you don't understand, said Matthew. Look at the door between the hairdresser and the coffee shop. The opposite side of the road between two buildings is not was not far from the bus stop and was a single glass door. I see it, said Jake. What about it? That's Doctor Rhodes' office, said Matthew. That's where I go on Mondays for my appointments. Remember how Hal knew about me? What time I was there when when I uh what time I was there when I talked to that kid and the woman at the bus stop, he can see things from here. Everything from here. I picked up the binoculars and held them to my eyes, adjusting to focus. Beside the single glass door was a brass sign that said Buzzer. I could just make out what it says. First floor, psychotherapist Dr. Rhodes. I put them back down and Jake And Jake grabbed them in front of me. Take a look. Yep, he said. He had the best view from here. That's for sure. But why, said Matthew. He looked shaken. If M18... Huh? You said Matthew. Matthew. He looked shaken. If M18 isn't real, then why is he watching us? Well, let's check out the rest of the flat said jake and we went to the back of the hallway and opened the closet door it was a bedroom in the center of a double bed neatly made with a plain pale blue duvet on one side of the bed was a small white table with a lump of glass a lamp and a glass of water and in the corner was a brown wardrobe again the room felt really sparse on the bedside table was some foil packets that looked like some kind of medicine There were no photographs or books. It felt eerie and wrong to be in someone's private room. Come on, I said, we shouldn't be in here. Let's just go home. But Jake turned and walked off. Matthew and I followed him into the kitchen where there was a stove with four burners, a sink, a small table, and a small table. Besides the table were two folded chairs. On the kitchen countertop was a small box-shaped fridge humming quietly. Come on, Jake Melody's right. Let's go, said Matthew. This place gives me the creeps, but we haven't even looked everywhere yet, said Jake. There were two more doors leading off the hallway, one open, one shut. I checked the open door. Through it was a peach-colored bathroom. Then I stood in front of the other closed door and took a deep breath. What do you think, Matthew, I said quietly. Should we go in? Matthew shrugged. I wonder if it has to do with her dad. I wonder if like they had the same dad or something and he had another secret life. What do you think, Matthew? I said. Should we go in? Matthew shrugged. I turned the handle and stepped inside. The room was completely different. For a start, it was full of color. The plain walls were decorated with posters that instantly made me feel more at home. I looked around and then gasped. There was a boy curled up on the bed. It was Hal. He was lying on his side and his arms hugging his knees, and he looked very small and frightened. Hal? It's us. Are you okay? I said. I felt my anger subside a little. There was something going on here that I had yet to understand. Matthew and Jake stepped into the room behind me. Is he dead, whispered Jake. Of course he's not dead, Matthew whispered back. Hal was just staring into space. I'd seen him like this twice now. The day at the plague house that he seemed to have lost all sense of where he was and earlier today when when the watch was smashed. I think he might be in shock, I said. I looked around the room. Above the bed was a giant poster of a man with a dark... Loose with a dark suit with a loose hanging a noose wait a loose tie hanging around his neck. He held his, his he held his arms up against his chest and he started he stared back at us. Besides him in big beside him in big red letters were the words James Bond is back. There was a desk in the corner and I walked over to it. There was a pot filled with pens and pencils and a wall. A wall calendar dated two thousand five. It was a pile of old comic books dating twenty Yeah, a long time ago. Twenty years ago. The comics on top were had some bright yellow wordings on the cover. Fiendly fun riddles to solve. I flicked through some of the pages and stopped. Can you solve these mind bending riddles? Take the first of each letter to spell out the enchanting word. Answers Next Week's edition Oh, answers in next week's edition. Use me wisely, I am somebody. Turn me around, I am nobody. When you use me, throw me away. When you're finished with me, take me in. What am I? These were all the riddles that had been hidden in the graveyard. This was where Hal must have gotten the idea from. They had been taken from a comic. I raced through the rest of the pile, setting them aside. Melody, are you okay? said Matthew. I ignored him. Among the pile were three magazines. The ten most famous, the cover, I looked at the cover, the 10 most famous world disasters, 10 most famous Victorians, 10 most famous thieves. I picked the last one up and I turned it around and I spotted it right away. Page 17, Kingfisher Necklace Thief. Mm. On page 17 was a photograph of a beautiful necklace studded with jewels of different colors, blue, orange, and green. Underneath it read Kingfisher Necklace copyright 1877. In the beginning of the article, which was similar to what I had read on the internet, Kingfisher necklace was stolen in the dead of the night from Fritz Williams Museum in January 2015. The necklace has never been never been seen since and no progress has been made to discover the identity of the criminals involved. Police believe that the necklace was stolen in to order and I looked at Jake and Matthew. Everything he ever told me is here, I said. Everything. My stomach turned, churned and I started to feel sick. There were two books on the desk. One was a children's encyclopedia that had a picture of Albert Einstein on the cover. I picked up the other book. Look, easy tricks for amateur magicians. I read it out loud and I traced my fingers. Written by Martin Stone. I said... I dropped the book to the floor. I felt a wave of anger as I looked at the boy, lying motionless on the bed. Was this your idea of fun, I said to him, trying to make me look like an idiot? Matthew stepped towards me. Melody, calm down, he said softly. I pushed him. I pushed past him and stood a few inches from Hal. His back rose and fell, but he stayed silent. This is where it all came from, isn't it? I shouted. My hand... Uh, i waving my hands around his room. "'The riddles, the Kingfisher necklace, Martin Stone. "'You just made it all up?' "'I turned and looked at the poster of James Bond. "'He was staring at me with one eyebrow raised "'and an amused look on his face. "'And you pretended to be a spy,' I said. "'Tears began filling my eyes. "'It was just all game to you, wasn't it? "'Do you think it's fun to lie to me like that, "'to make me look stupid?' "'Very slowly, Hal turned his back "'and stared at the ceiling.' His hands, in his hand, was, he was holding a broken piece of the watch, and then he began to speak. It is how I pass the time, he said, by making up stories. Jake looked confused. What do you mean, pass the time? You make it sound like you're in prison. Hal turned around. It's not a prison, he said. This is my home. Who lives here with you, Hal, said Matthew. Hal slowly raised his arms and put them over his face. My mom, he said. His voice muffled, but she wasn't well, and she's gone now. But she wasn't well, and she's gone now. Matthew and Jake Matthew, Jake, and I looked at one another. What happened to her?" said Matthew. Hal, Hal put his arms down, wiping his eyes with his fingers. For some of the time, Mom was okay. We'd play games and read books together, but there were other times other times that she was scared. She used to look out the window with her binoculars, and she said that we were being watched. Sometimes she would stay up all night just looking on the street outside. She said people, she said she wanted to protect me. She said that the whole that the world is a dangerous place and we need to stay inside. She said, he said, she said. She said that the places that there were bad people that would take me if I was seen. Matthew took a step forward. What bad people, he said? Hal pressed for a moment and took a few breaths back. Criminals, Hal said. She said that they were, they were everywhere and it would be. we had to stay inside as much as possible. We both kept an eye on the street using the binoculars watching for them, making sure that they weren't coming. Matthew nodded. That's when you saw me, wasn't it? Going to my appointments. Hal nodded. When I saw you in the plague house, I recognized you immediately. I'd seen you through that door every Monday at 5 p.m. for one hour. Hal pushed himself to a seated position. I didn't mean to ha- any harm, Matthew. He said, I'm sorry. Matthew just nodded. He knew that if he felt like, he knew what it felt like to watch the world from your window. So your mom isn't wasn't well and she thought that there were bad people trying to get you, said Jake. Hal nodded. I li- as I listened, my anger began to evaporate. This sounded awful. And you had to stay inside a lot, I said. Hal swallowed a few times and stared down at the at the carpet all the time. None of us spoke for a moment. And then Jake said, what do you mean all the time? He didn't reply. What about your teachers, your friends, your family, a doctor, Matthew said. Haven't they helped you? You don't understand, Matthew. I don't have any teachers. I don't have friends, no family. I've never been to a doctor. Hal looked up. Nobody knows I exist. What? That's crazy. I told something. Yep. Jake was right. Something weird was going on. Okay, let's see.